Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay. nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people i do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show the facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes are what i saw with my own two eyes if you're gonna get offended Please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I am obviously not Woody Overton, your host of Real Life Real Crime, the podcast. My name is Toby Tomplay. I'm the producer of this podcast. And Woody has asked me to come on here and give you guys a quick message because he has been slammed in the field. He's been super busy working the Barbara Blunt case, keeping tabs on Courtney Coco, etc. Boots on the ground, as he likes to say. Woody has been so busy, he hasn't even had time to come here in the studio and, and tell you guys this, so that's why I'm relaying the message. And the message is, stay tuned, y'all, because big things are in the works for real life, real crime. Woody asked me to let you guys know He and I will be starting a brand new podcast soon, separate from, but in addition to, Real Life Real Crime. And this new podcast will specifically focus on Woody investigating cold cases. That's it. At the end of this episode, Woody asked me to tell you guys a few things about Lopa, so talk to you all shortly. Without further ado, here is the interview Woody did two days ago with Miss Barbara Blunt's sister, and get ready. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And y'all, today, it's a special uh, recording, and it's on Miss Barbara Blunt's case. And first of all, I want to preface it with this. I'm in the field. The audio, if it's not great, I apologize ahead of time. You know, Toby Tom player producer will do the best he can to clean it up. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm unscripted and and raw, and um, 
So if there's any issues, I apologize ahead of time to the listeners. But today, I wanted to do this episode today. Uh, um, you know, COVID has been going on. Y'all know that Real Life for Crime and I and Sheriff Art have taken on Miss Barbara Blunt's cold case. Um, and COVID happened. We were actively working things in, in Leeds, and you heard the interviews with Christy and Ricky, uh, um, and COVID happened and slowed things down, but they didn't stop. But today's interview has been, has been a long time coming, and I want to introduce my guest. Oh, actually, I'm their guest. I'm in their, their home, and it's Miss Barbara's sister, Miss Sarah. Is, can you tell me your name? Sarah Bauman. Bauman. I didn't know how to say it. It's spelled B-A-U-G-H-A-M? At B-A-U-G-H-M-A-N. Oh, Bauman. 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 That's, mm-hmm. that's unique. What nationality is that? Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your daughter? What's your name? Suzanne Honeycutt. Okay. All right. First of all, I want to thank you all for having me. Okay? And I know this is going to be, this is not an easy thing for you, Miss Sarah. And, uh, but thank you for doing this, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's important because the crowdsourcing technique using our fans to hear Ms. Barbara's story, every time I, I make a post about it or whatever, we, I get more tips, okay? And the, y'all, we've been working this case since the beginning. Um, again, there, were, there was a lot more going on when we, when we were releasing the episodes but your lifers, I want to thank you for your tips that you have called in, and there's no tip that's irrelevant or uh, that's, you know, I'm not going to think you're stupid or anything like that, and I do not have to share your information with law enforcement. I am working with them, but I do not have to. If You can remain anonymous, okay? So somebody out there knows something. Miss Sarah, thank you um, for sitting with me, and you are Miss Barbara's sister. Yes. And can you tell me about how many brothers and sisters y'all had? Or I there were six boys and four girls. That is a lot. And Barbara was the youngest girl. Barbara was younger. I'm gonna move this up just okay. a little bit closer. To you. The, um, so Barbara was the, the youngest girl. Mm-hmm. See, ten. Ten. Of ten. All right. And so we, we had seven. And I thought it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and where were y'all raised? Uh, we were born in Alabama, most of us, but then we were raised in uh, Ashland, Alabama. Okay. And then my dad moved us to New Orleans, and um, I probably was maybe in kindergarten, and we lived down there for a good while. Then he got a job in Bogalusa, which I'm thankful for because I sure wouldn't want to live in New Orleans today. You're right, right? <laughs> and Bogalusa, the, the big job there was the paper, paper mill, uh-huh, right? Yeah, that's so, right. The, um, Washington Parish. Washington right, Parish. Right. And I, I have a a lot of interesting cases there over the years. But, really? Uh, so, but that's kind of rural, like Livingston or where I'm from, East Felicia. Yeah, but there. it's not the best place in the world to live. <laughs> but it's not the worst either. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just not the best and it's not the worst. So, your dad worked for the paper mill? No, or? my dad My dad was rarely ever home. He worked away from home all the time. Okay, all right. But, um, so, y'all moved to Washington Parish mm-hmm. and... Um, that's been years, let's see, about 19, 19, early in the 50s, I'm sure. Okay. Because I was, let's see, I, I can't remember how old I am. Uh, well, how, how old is she? 
77? Fixed me 78. Wow. But that, that's a lot of stuff to put up in this right. little yes, brain up here. Yes, that's why the dad says that all the time. <laughs> so I have to get things because I have so many, so many years of important knowledge. I that's have, right. You know, yeah, when we first moved to Bogalus, my dad worked in an auto shop. Okay. Yeah, he was a mechanic. Right. And, um, but then he went back to New Orleans. He would, he would do various jobs, and he was rarely home. Okay. I guess with 10 kids, they didn't need to be around too well, much. You may all right, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we had a wonderful mother, I'm telling yeah, you. She, say, she to, had her hands full. I was about to say, your mom must have been a saint. <laughs> she huh? was a saint. And t t tell me about being um, raised with, with Mrs. Barber and, and what was y'all's childhood like? We were we were just a poor family. Right. We, uh, we had um, a... You didn't know you were poor. Oh no! Uh, right. You know when it's and it, it's good. It's good now to think back. You know you can right. be poor and you can still live a good life. Right. Um, but we would uh, when we got to Bogalus, I met a pastor and his wife, and they would come pick us up. I'd get them all ready for church, and we'd we'd go to church. Of course, my mama didn't go because she had some more kids at home that she had to take care of. So me and my brother and Barbara Ann and Lola, we would go to church, and wow. we we enjoyed it, and they were good to us. Um, but um, then we, we got into school, and of course, you know, thinking you know everything, me and Barbara Ann quit school to get a job. Uh, <laughs> but we, we did go back to we did go back to uh, school and uh, get our got our GED. Both of us did. Right. So Miss uh, Barbara Ann is Miss Barbara. Yeah. Okay. Right. And and uh, so what job did you quit school for? Well, I went to work as a, as a clerk in a drugstore. Really. And wound up being a cosmetician. Yeah. And she wound up with a uh, job in Winn-Dixie, yeah. checking out groceries. And it was so weird because I was on one end of the parking lot, uh, the, 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 the shopping center, and she was on the other end because she's worked for Winn-Dixie. Right. And uh, would, people would come in the store, in my store, and then they would go down to Winn-Dixie buy groceries, and they would t look at her and say, I just left you. you. What are you doing down here? <laughs> That's right. Everybody said y'all are mm -hmm. twins, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. It, and uh, that went on for as long as as long as she worked there, and as long as I worked there, and you know after she came up missing, it was probably a day or two after she came up missing. I had to go to the grocery store over in Holden, and um, there was three people in line, and the lady in the front she kept staring at me, and I thought, well, you know, I got clothes on, you know, what's wrong? <laughs> you know, what's she looking at? You know, is something wrong with me? But after she got checked out, she came around the um, counter, and she says, "Ma'am, I'm so sorry, I was staring at you." But she said, you look so much like that lady that was just kidnapped. Oh. And I told her, I said, well, I have a right. That was my baby sister. Oh, and um, but she says, it's on Wednesday. She says, and I told her, I said, will y'all pray for her? She said, We're, I'm, I'm on my way to prayer meeting now. She said, we will pray for you. Oh, and um, yeah. thank goodness there wasn't nothing else wrong with me. Right, right, right. You know, um, this popping in my head from uh, both Christy and Rick's interviews with her kids. Um, one of them at, at the cemetery said that um, they seen that lady them. said she, mm -hmm. she loves me, and mm -hmm. they got home and yep. saw the picture of Miss right. uh, Barbara and said that's the lady. But then the Ricky's kid was playing in the room at night, and he said, "Who are you playing with?" He said Aunt Sarah. Aunt Sarah, uh, um, and then it, later on he saw the picture and, mm -hmm. and said that's Aunt Sarah, yeah. and it was, it was your yeah, sister, Miss Barbara. Yeah, wow. and they were afraid of me for a while, you know, because yeah. they they thought you know it just it was weird to them because wow. they see they would see their their mom their uh, Barbara's picture and they would look at me and they thought well you know 
uh, so well, it was it was confusing to him. Yeah. Well, that, um, that's powerful. So you know what you're you're a very pretty lady. Well, so I didn't thank get you. to meet Miss Barbara, so I'm. A, well, you're just about looking at her, except she's a lot younger. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. That's what I'm sitting here thinking. Um, so, can you tell me anything you want to about Miss Barbara? Uh, well, the day that she came up missing, uh, my husband and I were in our kitchen. We were putting up, um, what is it? The backsplash. Backsplash, yeah. And my phone rang, and I answered, and it was Christian. She says, Aunt Sarah, have you talked to Mama today? And I said, no. Um, is there anything wrong? She said, well, I've been trying to call her, and she don't answer the phones. I've called the house phone and the cell phone, and she don't answer. And um, I said, no, I haven't seen her today. But, um, she, I said, um, wait a minute, I've got to catch some breath. It's okay. Hey, take your time. Okay. And um, anyway, the, I said, the last time I talked to her was yesterday. She had taken Aunt Ruby to the doctor and to the grocery store. And uh, they stopped at um, Walmart to pick up prescriptions for my other sister. And um, she said, well, she's missing. She says, we can't find her. So she's not home. And um, from then, when she got home after she called June, uh, not June, um, Raymond. Raymond, to go look and see if he could find her, and she called me, told me that her car was missing, the door was open, and um, she was on her, well, she was on her way home, and um, Lord, my mind is so blank. It's okay, it was, Miss Sarah. This is tough, all right. It and, is and, tough, and it's ripping off. I know it's never gone away for you. You cry all you want to. We were so close, and you know, I missed her so much. We had such a good time together. We loved one another. All of us kids, all 10 of us, but the boys were mean. Right. Right. You know, we could, we had to tolerate them, but she and I were so close. And after her husband got killed, me and my husband go over there almost every other weekend and, you know, help her around the house, you know, do like mow the yard and, and help her. But she was a tough lady. Yeah. She'd get out there, she'd take care of those cows, and she'd mow her yard, and she'd done everything that she needed to do, and she exercised regularly. I saw pictures of her, her house from back then, and man. Immaculate. Immaculate. I mean, the yard. Mm -hmm. was, I mean, it was like a country. That's park. the way she was. Yeah. But you know, we were born and raised poor. We lived in shacks with holes in the floor right. where you could sweep all the dirt in there. And uh, we, it, but my mother kept it clean. She yeah. says, cleanliness, cleanliness is next to godliness. So, and my husband gets aggravated at me now because I, everything's got to be cleaned. And um, that's the way we were brought up. And we had a wonderful mother. She's a good Christian lady. She's she, but she had a tough life. But I know where she's at now. That's right. She's enjoying herself. Forever. Yeah, exactly. But I sure miss my I sure miss my baby sister. The and I understand it. Can you, let's go back to the day you said Christy, Christy called you. She called you from her work or something? Yeah, she, 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 went, uh, she was at Winn-Dixie and they meet. And she called me and asked me if I had, if I had talked to her. And I said, no, not, you know, like I said, yesterday I talked to her. And um, she said, well, um, I don't know. She said, I guess I'm going to have to leave work and go see if I can find out what's happened. So when I found out she was missing, I stopped everything at the house and we took off. Do you know about what time of the day that call came in? We were, it was in the afternoon. And that day, uh, we got I got we got in the car and I drove as fast as my car would go. It was pouring down rain, and um, it um, we got there. I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah, she was already there, and there was a lot of people there. Right. 
and um, I, I didn't, we didn't say too much to one another, but I tell you, I just, I was so hurt I couldn't think straight, because I just couldn't believe that somebody would do that to her. She didn't deserve that. She was such a good person. She loved her kids. She loved everybody. And you know what? It people just don't realize how, when something like that happens, how devastating and how hurtful it is. You know, after she came up missing, I'd try to sleep at night and I couldn't. If I closed my eyes, I would see her hollering, "Help me! Help me! Help me!" And I'd say, "God, what can I do? I don't even know where she's at." And I didn't always answer my phone before this happened, but when um, after this, after she was kidnapped. Every time it would ring, I'd run to it because I think maybe somebody's got holding her captive and maybe she got to a phone. And I knew the, probably the first person she'd call would be me. But it never happened. And I tell you, people, people don't understand how hurtful, how they can hurt somebody by doing something to hurt their family. I love my family. I wouldn't do anything to hurt any of them. I wouldn't hurt anybody. Not only my family, I wouldn't hurt anybody's family. For every you, there are there is in the world. There's the exact opposite. Yeah. There's, there's purity. But, but you know what? I have I have I have peace now because after praying and thinking about it all these years, I know where she's at. She's not suffering. She's not having to work hard. Absolutely. And I know she misses me, and I miss her. Right. And you know you see her again. Oh, I know. I want to see her again. She's up there with my mama and my daddy, my brothers and my right. sisters. It's gone on before us. Right. But that I, I want to bring her home. Oh, I would. Have a oh, I, I would like to know what happened to her. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't really want to know what they done to her. You know, yeah. as per se. I would just like to know who did it and why. Right. Because she didn't. She didn't bother anybody. She was a good lady. She would help anybody. Right. She had a heart of gold. She was a tough mama, and she raised her children right, even though they didn't do right. right. You know, she, she raised them right. Right. And. and all accounts, she was just like super mom. Oh, she and, was. And, and, and like Ricky said, he didn't even own any pots. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, whenever there was a grown man and ate every day, and Chris said the same thing. Yeah. She, I mean, she'd drop her dogs off and get breakfast every day. I'm like, she, man, my, my oh, mom yeah. let pay me not to come home and do that. <laughs> well, I tell you what, she loved it. She loved him, and she loved all children. My ne nephew had a little boy. His wife had a little boy, and she would go get it over in uh, down the springs and pick him up and bring him home with her and take him out there and play with him, let him see the cows and just entertain. She loved she loved children. The, the, but also she was she was stern. Oh yeah, she she was tough and they 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 knew to, they knew to do what she told them, but she always had trouble one of them not paying the bills on time and she'd tell them, do you know you need to pay that bill? Well, that's all right. I'll, I'll pay the I'll pay the extra. She said, "Well, why would you want to pay extra when you can go ahead and pay it and, and get it off your plate?" But she didn't listen. Right. You know, she always did things her own way. Right. Right. But so the um, let's go back to that day. You get there. There's people there, and what do they, what do they what do they tell you? Nobody really knew anything. From from what I, we were down at Raymond Junior's house, that was uh, Barbara's husband's brother. I think her nephew and we all gathered down there and you know we just didn't know what to think because I know I know she didn't leave on her own she would have never ever left her her home and her children and she always wanted grandbabies right. her and her husband both they they lived to have grandchildren and um, 
and it just um, just wasn't meant to be, I guess. But now here she's got two grandchildren. Yeah, four. Right. Four. Oh yeah, that is yeah yeah four yeah. And when I, when I spoke with, um, I don't know if you listened to the, the other podcast with Ricky and, and Christy, but both of them's children. Um, one of them said that they were at the cemetery, so this lady's there is telling me that she loves me. Mm-hmm. And, and um, then they got home and they saw Miss Barbara's picture and said, that's the lady from the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, they kept hearing a child in the middle of the night playing and talking to somebody in the room. And then and Ricky went and said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm playing with Aunt Sarah. <laughs> and of course, they yeah. thought they had an imaginary friend, mm-hmm. but then later on, that they saw Miss Barbara's picture, and, and they said, that's Aunt Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was confused. That's just, so she, I, I believe that she knows. And yeah. she's, I mean, children, they say, are more uh, susceptible to that's right. uh, spirits. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, but the, I don't know. Those little children missed a wonderful grandmother. And she would, if if, she, if her and her husband could, could have had those children, grandchildren when they were alive, so. they would they would have been like they were just on the top of the world. Yeah. The, the um, back to her house in that day. What do you think could have caused her to run out of her house and leave that quick like that? Well, she left her. The, the door open and then drop the phone on the carport and the glasses and the, and the purse and all that were there. She didn't leave on her own. I'll tell you that right now because we wear we wear shorts at home, but we don't wear shorts anywhere else. And from what Christy said, she was she had on a pair of shorts and, and um, Crocs. And the only way she would have left if she was forced to leave, or if she knew something happened to one of her children or somebody in her family, that would be the only way she would have left. The only way she had to be forced out of her house, especially to for the phone to be dropped in the doorway, mm-hmm. and the door to be open, and the purse yep. and the glasses mm-hmm. uh, um, to be still. Mm-hmm. Now, the the I know you know this case probably better than anybody, but the the witness that saw saw Miss Barbara talking right down from her house on that Hunt Club mm-hmm. Road, whatever they call it. And it was right in the middle of the day. Um, they described, and, and I mean, they, they, but, but they, he said when he passed by, she made eye contact with him, but she didn't have glasses. Mm-hmm. She made eye contact with him, and he gave us such a strange feeling that he called the residence he just left and said, Hey, I just saw this lady up here. He didn't know her. I saw this lady up here. I think she made it been in some kind of trouble when they went on to Alabama or wherever it yeah. was they went and they heard a couple of days later this lady went missing and they saw a picture and he said that's the lady he said that's the lady that and, and the car he picked out the car said that's the car mm-hmm. that was parked in, in front of the truck mm-hmm. and ultimately that's where the car that that's the road there it's not even a road the hun club lane yeah, that yeah. her car was found yeah. off of um, but what threw them off, I think, originally was that everybody in the family said she wasn't going anywhere without her glasses. She don't. But that guy said she didn't have a glass on, but guess what? The glasses were at home. Yeah. So for her to leave uh, like that. She didn't leave by herself. She didn't leave on her own. She was forced. 
see, I think, and I hadn't planned on talking about this today, but I, I think that witness is very credible on what he saw on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. But the at that point, at least we know, she was freely and voluntarily standing at his door talking to him. Mm -hmm. so I, to me, she had to be tricked out. Mm -hmm. Right, and, right. And, and everybody says it, it had to be. What, what what do you think? What first of all, from, from the investigation stuff, and um, I haven't talked about this before in the podcast. The people told me she isn't gonna just gonna leave that house, or first of all, she didn't just open the door for anybody. No, right? No, because you know there was people that would come to her house, and the, she had windows all on one side, and if any, and the driveway was there, and the car, and then you turn left to go to the carport, and. Um, if she, if somebody came up and she didn't know who they were, she wouldn't even answer the door. And there was one girl that came from, um, from I think it was the district attorney's office that she had met, and um, she didn't know who she was. And um, the lady called her and she says, "Barbara, this is so and so." She says, "I just want to talk to you." So she would let her in, but otherwise she wouldn't let nobody in. Right. And she then kept, she had dogs. Yes, yeah, she had so dogs. So she would have known y'all for y'all that don't live in the country. The dogs are the best alarms oh, yeah. you can have. And, and Miss Barbara's house sat, although it was off a uh, state highway, it still sat far back from the road. Yeah. And your dogs are going to let you know when somebody turns off the state it's highway. Exactly. So they you can hear it. And if she's in the kitchen cleaning, like Christy said, the pots were yeah. out or whatever, she's, she, the dog's going to be barking going crazy. She's going to know somebody's coming. Mm, yeah. And the kitchen windows were open. That's right. And, yeah, and, 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 and she would have never went left on her. I mean, um, unless somebody forced her to leave all of her pots and pans on the floor. You know, she right. should have finished doing her job. Right, and 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 I know it's speculation on my part, but I think that the it has to be some type of emergency place. Something, mm -hmm. something. The only thing you know, as a, as a mother and a sister mm -hmm. in your whole life, that. that just to get her to run out of the door like that, jump in her car. It had to be something and go major. Right down the road. Right. What, what do you think? It's got to be something major. Somebody told her something, or she heard something, or whatever. But she wouldn't have left on her own. And she, and really, she would have never went down there on the hunting club band by herself anyway. Yeah. Well, you, you you think about that. It's not probably 300 yards from the end of her driveway. Uh, I'm I'm thinking, and I don't know if I should be talking about this, but I'm thinking is that whatever ruse they used to get her out, she sobered up real quick. It was like, oh, well, maybe this doesn't make any sense, mm -hmm. and stops. Well, you know, since, they, since she didn't, uh, well, we don't know if a car went there or not, but I'm thinking when I first found out about it, I was thinking that maybe somebody that knew she was there by herself would walk through the woods, you know, because there was a, they found a spot of mud on her floor. And I'm thinking that somebody, of course, this is me thinking, and that whatever that means, um, that they walked through the woods and got her and got her to drop her car back over there. Now, yeah. I don't know if that... And, and, and I understand what you're saying, and, and I, all options are open, but you have to think about the fact that... You have to take into account the fact that the witnesses, the, the male and the female, saw her yeah. inside the road with this vehicle talking to the guy and made, he made that eye contact, mm -hmm. and, and uh, what the, I think again threw investigators off of initially uh, was the lack of glasses or whatever. Mm -hmm. but 
the, the car. Yeah. It, um, the, I heard her drop the phone, the doors open, where the phone was dropped, like in the car, it's like, it's like, it's, oh my God. Yeah. And, and such a rush. You know, look, I'm no. old now. My, I can't see anything anymore, right? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and a bit, uh, for her to run out without her glasses, without her purse, whatever. The, from uh, everybody I talked to, it seems like somebody must have said, I was thinking maybe they could have come up and said one of your cows is out or got hit by a car or something like that, but I don't think that, that would even cause that. I don't it should think. have taken a second maybe to call yeah. a family member so, and say, come help, help me. with yeah, this right. or whatever. And, and we know that didn't happen by the phone lines. Mm -mm. Um, and you know, I also uh, years ago was thinking that Aunt Barbara Ann was such a, a caring and helpful person and she would do anything in the world for anybody. And so with that phone, her cordless phone from the home being knocked out and on the driveway with the back off of it, that someone may have concocted a story to say, look, uh, my car just broke down, but I'm in route to take my father or my mother to the hospital. You know, they got to get them to the emergency room. Can I borrow your phone? You know, and she might have cracked the door and handed the phone out and that they might have knocked the phone out of their hand, pushed their way in. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, she, was, she would have helped anybody. Yeah. But she was also very cautious. I mean, she had a loaded 38 on right. her dresser, Absolutely. and she had no problem, you know. I mean, they were a hunting family, right. Right. you know. Right. A gun cabinet full of guns, right. and but a loaded one on her dresser. She wouldn't have just let anybody mm -hmm. in. Right. But she might would have cracked it to help somebody, to right. give them the phone, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I tell you, she's a tough lady. She was, she was strong. She worked. She worked she on that farm, strong. and she exercised regularly. Took good care of herself. So obviously, she must have been tricked. Right. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Let me ask you this. Let's let's just assume the witnesses that saw her talking to the person in the vehicle. They don't have any reason to make it up. And the, but let's assume that's right. The at some point, and I think it was Christy told me that said um, she would have gone without a struggle. At some point, when she realized something wasn't right, what do you think? Sarah? She would have thought. That I mean, y'all raised that thing, mm -hmm. right? You, she, she, she was, and that's why it. I often wondered, you know, it. He had to be a strong person, or it had to be two of them. Right. Yeah. Because she was, she was, she was strong. Right. Get out there and work on the tractor, mow the yard, do anything, everything around the house. Right. Feed the cows. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was like a, a workout lady. Did exercise, yep. lifted weights, mm -hmm. took her vitamins and her supplements. Right. I mean, she was a she's out. Uh, yeah, very yeah. healthy. And her, she didn't go down with, without a fight. But right. then afterwards, if they broke broke her some way to where she would stop fighting, do you know what she would do next? Pray, so pray. pray, and beg them that you know your mother. Think about your own mother. Would she approve of you doing this to me? Please don't. Please don't hurt me. God will forgive you. I won't tell. She would be begging and mm -hmm. pleading and witnessing. praying and witnessing for them. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's how strong she yep. was in her faith. Wow. She was. Let's talk about that for a second because you're saying, and I never thought about this. Um, I thought about her physically fighting, but you're saying if she's smart enough to know uh, if I can't wouldn't beat it physically, I'm going to use my faith That's right. and, and try to appeal to them as a human yes. being. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So, which tells you how evil is I'll tell you one thing, it's been a long 12 years, almost 13, was it 13 mm -hmm. years now? Coming up. I mean, the devastation that this whole ordeal has, has caused our family is just, it's beyond comprehension. I mean, we, we can watch TV and see stuff happen, you know, but it's like, no, that's not really, you know, you cannot understand or feel it until it happens to your family. I mean, in the days that she was missing, because I, I went there that Friday evening as well, my husband and I, we stayed in a hotel in Amit. And, um, you know, within two days, mom and her husband and my husband and I, we actually stayed in Aunt Barbara's house. And that was not a comfortable feeling, mm -hmm. knowing that she was taken from that house. But, and then, it was almost like a war zone, because all of the neighbors come together, the the choppers were in the air searching you know uh, it was just like a a bad bad dream you know and it's, it's something that happens to other people well we learned the hard way no when it hits your home and your family it's real it's it is very real and it, you can never replace that emptiness and, and, and that's why it's so important that the listeners get to hear yes because I mean course I'm in the true crime genre right so they're used to stores like this and stuff but they're they're not hearing this on TV they're hearing from y'all yeah right? yeah and it wasn't because we did not ask or petition the media and I'm not talking about the local Baton Rouge TV stations and, and newspapers they have been very good on you know providing coverage for Aunt Barbara's case but uh, we petitioned Nancy Grace uh, you, you can go all the way down through the list of sending them, you know, the FBI flyer in, in, in a, a story, and no one would bite on it because guess what? Aunt Barbara Ann was a simple lady. She was a Sunday school teacher. There was no hyper, uh, no uh, sensationalism, if you will. She if she would have been, uh, and I'm just going to throw this out here, okay? If she would have been a closet lesbian who ran off with the pastor's it, it wife. Would have been then it would have been yeah. everything, yes. drug everything would have lit up right. there was nothing in her circle of life mm -hmm. that that she would never harm anyone there was no dirt in her life no ma'am no skeletons in the closet that's why we need to fight harder mm -hmm. and because um, that's she is the furthest from what I call the high risk lifestyle that's she's correct. the exact opposite mm -hmm. yep. and, and um, but she was a sister and an aunt and a mama and would have got a chance to be a grandmother. Well, you know, after she came up missing somebody, I said that they had seen her in the casino. And um, so they got all the pictures, and it was not it my sister. She, you know, she wouldn't have went in the never, casino. Never, right? Mm -mm. Never. And you know what? She would have never went on. I mean, and there were speculations that maybe she ran off with a boyfriend or something. She wouldn't have. She never dated. And I just want to tell you for the record, when we stayed there that two days after she was kidnapped, Uncle Junior's cologne was still on her bathroom vanity. And that's her husband. Mm -hmm. Yes. Died, like, yes, sir. Uh, many years before mm -hmm. that uh, accident yes. crash. And when he got killed, that family, Aunt Barbara and Ricky and Christy, they became even closer. You know, I mean, they, that, that's why Christy knew immediately that 
something wasn't wrong. I mean, something was wrong because her mom would never go off and leave the cell phone, and she couldn't. She didn't answer the phone. And you know, I, I've had some tips from people that say, "Oh, maybe she had a boyfriend." Da, 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 and nope. y'all are mixing that right. Yes, sir. no, she not at all. She no. did not. She would have never, never. She would have never. She would have never. Yeah, but see, I get a lot, a lot of tips, and which is good. And the, the, uh, every one of them has to be looked at at yeah. every angle. And uh, so, lifers, you, whatever angle you can come up with, might be the one. But here's the deal: somebody out there knows what happened, or people out there know what happened, because I do not believe, uh, I do not believe this was one person. Okay, I and. And the, they just like on the narcotics case, every drug dealer that ever gets busted is because the drugs have to move from point A to point B. They obviously moved Miss Barber from point A, her residence, to wherever they put her. Mm -hmm. That's right. And somebody knows. Now, lifers, how many years has it been? 12? Picture, yeah, picture me 13. Yeah, almost 13 years. Mm -hmm. You're older now. You got probably grandmother your own you may be a grandmother or a grandfather now or maybe your grandparents have passed or maybe your mom or dad has died maybe you're in a different lifestyle maybe, maybe you were running with the wrong crowd back then I don't care whatever you heard whatever you saw I can work with you on it I just need to know okay and I'm, it can be anonymous and and we need your help. Sarah, if you could tell, ask somebody for help, what would you say to them? All I can say is if it happened to someone in your family, would you want somebody to help you? And um, it's just, it's just a never ending circle, you know, from day to day. It's, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her. And it's even worse at night when you go to bed and, you know, you can see her begging you to help her and you can't do anything because you don't know where she's at. You, I know it's hard for you and, and I know you can cry about it. Can you tell me about that? Because I'm a visual person. When you go to bed, what? Where, where? Well, I just lay there and then all of a sudden her face is there and she's crying and she says, help me, help me, help me. And I think, God, how can I help her when I don't even know where she's at? I would, I, if I knew where she was at, I could have went and helped her. And I would have. And it's just something, you know, you, it, you, know you can't do anything. And it, and it even hurts worse to know that she's begging for help and I can't help her. If I knew where she's at, I'd walk across the world to help her. But I tell who, whoever did this to her, I pray that they will, God will save their soul. Because if, if they don't if they don't repent and get forgiveness, they're gonna spend a, an eternity in a bad bad place, and it's gonna be forever. And where the the Bible says the fire quenches not, they'll never they'll never they'll never get over it. And but like I say, I have comfort now knowing I know where she's at. But nobody will hurt her again. It's been a little while now, but you know, I just I don't sleep very much at night. So yeah, yeah I want you to know something. You are helping her. You're helping her right now. 
kind of I hope and, so. And, I and, hope. and God's an all time God. And we are we are going to I'm I am going to work with this and until I die or we find out what happened. And, and I appreciate and, it. And Sheriff R is I'm telling you, it's not a politician's play for this man. He he is inspired sure. about this uh, uh, as I've ever seen him fired up by any case. And which is rare. Uh, for uh, a law enforcement official to go outside of his agency yeah. and ask somebody to come in and help. Yeah. Um, but you're helping right now. And I know this is hard. Any of you, I don't know what to say about it. It breaks my heart when you, when you say that, but it, it, you didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that you could have done different. And she wouldn't want you the, um, to have nightmares like yeah. that. You know? You know, it just was, it, it, when we would go, when my, me and my husband would go over there after Junior got killed, um, she'd see us coming up the driveway and she'd walk out that big old smile on her face and be so glad that we were there. And we'd spend the weekend with her and uh, we had a good time. We'd usually get in the car and go over and see my oldest sister, Denim Springs. And um, she was she was ready to go. You know, when we went over there, we'd, we'd go met this lady in um, Baton Rouge, a nursing home, a friend of ours, his his sister, yeah, it's his sister. There, we went over there, met her, and you know, we just we meet anybody. You know, we we love people. Right. You know, nobody's a stranger to us. If right. they want, if they want to, to, if we can befriend them, we will. Yeah. yeah. And um. But I tell you, the hurt never goes away. Yeah. But like I say, the only peace I have is I know where she's at, That's right. and she won't be hurt again. And whoever did this stole so much from us. I mean, the, Pray for the, them. The, the kids' birthday, the grandkids' birthday parties, you know, I mean, this is all she ever wanted was grandchildren, and now she has them, but she's not here. Ball yeah. games with the grandkids, you know. She would, I mean, she she would enjoy them. How to fish, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, just. She missed out on a lot of it. Yeah. It, it took it away from stolen. her. Stolen from her and definitely has stolen a part of us mm -hmm. all of our family. I mean, her younger brother, he, she was kidnapped on his birthday. How can he ever have another happy birthday in his life? Uh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And now he's got severe dementia because of the stress of all of this. It's horrible. It's just a never-ending thing. You know, they, you know, you hear people, they say, you know, you need closure, you need closure. Well, the only thing I think that will, that gets us through is that we know that whoever did this to her, she was taking that last opportunity to witness to them. And she's in heaven. And that's the only thing that can give us any peace. type of comfort and peace right now is to know that she's not suffering anymore. Uh, she's not having to work hard on her on her yard, you know, the big uh, acreage that she had there with the cows. and She was just a good woman through and through. And she raised her children right, and they yes. knew they knew when they were in her, in her home they behaved, even after they were grown. Nothing gave her more joy than cooking supper for her kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Breakfast too, a lot of times. Yes. Mm -hmm. She took care of them. I'll see her again one day. That's what we have to be real focus on. And, and I just want to thank y'all. 
Well, I want to say that whoever whoever kidnapped her, I want them to know I pray for them every day. And I've already forgiven you. If I, if I knew that you did it, I wouldn't want to harm you. I would just ask you to turn to God and ask for forgiveness because in the end, you're going to be the loser if you don't. I wouldn't... Um, I'd beg you to, to turn to the Lord and ask him for forgiveness because really she never did anything bad to anybody. She'd help you. She'd, she'd, she'd do anything for you except hurt you, and she wouldn't do that. I'm so so angry because I pray that they never get an ounce of peace. Mom's made that step to forget. I'm not there yet. Not there yet. Well, the only reason I can forgive is because I know that they're going to pay for what they've done, and the Bible says you have to forgive. It's a, it, it, for unforgiveness will eat you up. It will run you crazy. I don't want them to rest. I don't want them to be able to even look themselves in the mirror. I don't want them to have any peace. I want this to just, they need to realize what they have done. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just Aunt Barbara Head that they harmed and took and removed from this earth. They have left a, a tragic path of devastation behind. And, it, and it's... I just can't imagine who would want to hurt her. But I do, I mean, I can, I, I'll have to tell, I, I have, I have, I've prayed and I've prayed and I have forgiven them. I wouldn't, I don't wish them no harm. Even though what they've done to her, I can't, I can't, I can't wish them harm because payday's coming, and I don't have to. I don't have to take revenge on them because God's going to do the revenge. Right. Vengeance belongs to God. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thank you so much for sharing with me and with the life, I call my fans life, yeah. the lifers out there, the people who listen to the podcast, and I was just beg you, somebody knows something. And y'all, every time I've released an episode, every time I do a post about Miss Barbara, I get more tips. Share this episode. Sharing equals tips. And the tips, somebody is going to do something. Somebody, I hope you've heard the pain and the love here today. And I hope you find it in your heart to reach out to me. So we can, like, there's never really closed, but we, at least this family can know what happened and begin to process it from that standpoint. Yeah. And also, it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Okay? Good job. So, thank thank you. you so thank much. You so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless y'all. All right, everybody, that's going to conclude this episode of Real Life, Real Crime. Hey, guys. Toby Tompley again. Woody asked me also to let you guys know about LOPA. Woody has been talking about LOPA a lot lately. It's a beautiful organization, and he wanted me to tell y'all, and I'm not going to take a lot of time doing this, but one of my best friends of the last probably 15 years tragically lost his, his daughter a few weeks ago. And my friend's name is Jeff Hood. His daughter's name was Ashley Hood. and. I'm looking at this letter right now that Jeff and his wife Christina got regarding Ashley, their daughter, being an organ donor. The letter says, The Baton Rouge Regional Eye Bank has received the corneas you generously consented to donate. 
two visually impaired people have received corneal transplant surgery to restore sight. We wish to express our gratitude for your daughter Ashley's precious gift. The understanding and support like yours gives patients in our community a second chance for sight, health, and life. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's powerful, you guys. Become an organ donor. Because of Ashley's gift, because she just checked that box on the back of her driver's license that said she was an organ donor, two people now have the chance to see. That's huge. Thank you, Ashley Hood, for giving the gift of life. Lifers, give the gift of life. Be an organ donor. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay.